0: The scripture for today is Ephesians 3:17 through 19, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and how long and how deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. If you've got your Bibles, please open them up to Psalms chapter 69 in verse 30. Psalms chapter 69 in verse 30. I want to start off today's lesson by sharing the story of a little girl whose name is Avery. She made me smile this week. True story. She was barely two years old and had just recovered from a terrible cold. Somebody had given her a little tea set when they found out that she was sick. And uh, it quickly became her absolute favorite toy. Well, Dad was in the living room engrossed in the evening news, taking care of her, when the two-year-old brought Dad a cup of tea, which was actually just water. But he let her know time after time, and there were several, that she made the absolute best tea. Well, it was a couple of hours after the tea party began, and Mom comes home. And when she did, Dad made her wait in the living room to watch Avery bring him a cup of tea. This is just the cutest thing, you said. Well, Mom waited, and sure enough, in came little Avery with another cup for Daddy, and she watched him drink it and then said, as only a mother can do, did it ever occur to you that the only place a two-year-old can reach to get water is the toilet Women, would you answer for us men? No. It is wise to consider the source from which you drink. That was at the core of the message that um, I delivered on the very first Sunday of this new year in 2017. And it comes from Ephesians chapter 5. Where Paul encourages us not to drink spirits... To the point of intoxication but that if we're going to drink anything heavily To be filled with his spirit the spirit This is exactly what that text says If I can get it to go My guns out of bullets there we go Do not get drunk on wine Which leads to moral failure Paul writes instead be filled with the spirit speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Gail and I were on vacation last week, and um, Greg took this text. And he also spoke on it, and he did a masterful job pointing out that being filled with the Spirit isn't just something that Jimmy is asking, but rather is something that God is asking. And he did so in a very unique way. I promise you, I never would have come up with. Pointing that out from the grammar that's in the text. Here are some of the things that he said, and I quote. The one time that the Bible asks us to be filled with the Spirit It is commanded of Christian people, all Christian people, alive and active in the church, which means this filling is for us. It's in the present tense, here's where the grammar comes in, going on actually now. Not some mysterious blessing that used to happen but has ceased. Now, the grammar shows us that that not only can we be filled, we must be filled. It is a command, not an option. But strangely, it's a command we obey passively. He continues to say, meaning the filling happens to us, not by us. We're passive. We receive the filling, we don't create it. Now, what we can do is, is put ourselves in a place to receive the Spirit. Grammar shows us a way to be filled. And it's through participles. Now there's the participles that are listed there actually in Ephesians chapter 5. There could be five, but actually you could reduce those down to three. Singing, giving thanks, and submitting. Participles are easy to pick out in any text because of the ing that's on the end. They, They tell us how the verb is actually doing its work. And Paul is trying to say to all of us, if you're serious about being filled, if you're serious about Fulfilling that command of God, then it's going to mean some singing, and it's going to mean some giving thanks, and it's going to mean some submitting. Now, Greg ran out of time, and he couldn't unpack those three, and I'd like to finish that up as we kind of conclude this little mini-series that really wasn't intended to be a series, but God had other plans. Before we do, let's pray. Father, we thank you that we are not the only ones who want to be filled With your spirit. We have disciples all over this county. Literally all over the world. Who are meeting today to make a big deal about you. To magnify you. To lift you up. To honor you. And you are so worthy. No one else in the world. Hands down. Is worthy of our praise as much as you. But we ask this morning that you also help the Oak Park Baptist Church. And all of its disciples who have a desire to be filled with the spirit. To be filled this year. Please God. Uh, don't leave us spirit light. We want to be spirit-full. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said, amen. I'm fully aware that any lesson on the Holy Spirit may have us a little bit curious. But I also know as well, because I know us well after four years, that it also leaves us a little bit cautious. What in the world... Are the points, what are the challenges that any minister who stands to talk about the Holy Spirit are going to try to impress or influence me with? Well, this last New Year's Day, I was very, very specific with our church exactly how I hoped God would fill this brother of yours. Fill him with love and joy and peace and patience and gentleness and goodness and kindness and faithfulness and self-control, all fruits he promises that will come out of someone who is his disciple, his spirit-filled, his spirit-led disciple. But he promises to do that in a way that I could never muster, that I could never try to will and try to try to do on my own because he's doing it, not me. And I don't know about you, but in 2017, I'm not settling for those things, the love, the joy, the peace, the things that I just mentioned. By how I can pull them off. I really want him to bear them in me. And I'm encouraging us. And I ask you, would you you want in on that? Would you accept the challenge that if we think about 2017 as kind of an aim and a theme together as a family, could we this year actually give more thought than maybe ever before about how we can be filled with the spirit? And so many of you said yes. But I want to ask us to be honest. For the most part, I think it's safe to say we believe that we're forgivable by God. If you believe that, say amen. Okay. But I'm not sure that we think that we're fillable by God. Let me put it another way. I think it's easy for us to believe that Christ died for me, but it's hard for me to believe that Christ lives in me. Let me ask this. Would you say that's true? That's hard for us? Yeah. I think most Christians find the cross of Christ easier to accept than the spirit of Christ because we know Good Friday and God pouring out his grace matters. We're just not quite sure that Pentecost and the spirit being poured out not only on them but on us matters. We're not sure. Over the years, I think we've actually come to believe. I've watched us grow in this. Grace is real. He he really has forgiven us that a holy God took our place and paid for our sins. And I say those things, and you actually believe he did. I mean, those are stunning concepts to think that the creator of the universe, and and, and I love Clay for this. He alluded to it during the Lord's Supper that he would take your place? Really? Really? he would take anybody's place but he took all of our places and and what's stunning is we're coming to believe he really did that his forgiveness is absolutely totally real because i think that falls in the area of transaction and substitution we we do that on a daily basis regardless of whether you're a homemaker or, or you run a company or a lemonade stand transaction and substitution we get but the idea of the Holy Spirit of God taking up residence in me. The idea of him coming into my building like you walked into this building, think about that. God coming into your building like you walked into this building, that's a hard one for us. But I want you to hear the word of the Lord, not... Oh, I already did that one. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God. Now, that was fresh off of the press, fresh off of the outpouring, that Paul had to write that to the church at Corinth. Yeah, a couple of thousand years removed, we probably need to be reminded. Do you not know, Kerrville Church of Christ, your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit who's in you, whom you've received from God? The truth is, we have read the truth on that before, but... We're not quite solid on receiving it yet. And there's a lot of reasons for it. But they really don't have a lot to do with our discussion today. The truth is, I'm going to say it again, we are forgivable by God. But church, just as much, we are fillable by God. And you know what? They both require faith. Both of them. And nonetheless, so go ahead and you take God at his word and you be baptized. All right? You be baptized believing that you come in contact with the miraculous, mighty power of Christ's death to wash away your sins and absolutely make you forgivable. But listen to me clearly. You be filled with the Spirit. It's the same grammatical text. Greg, you're going to love this. Both are present tense imperatives that are passive in nature. Take that, baby. (laughs) I loved saying that. Present tense imperatives that are passive in nature. But don't miss the point. We've gotten real comfortable with, yes, you need to be baptized. But are we just as comfortable with, you need to be filled? Both are present tense imperatives that are passive in nature. They're meant to be done by us now. But you can't do it. It has to be done to you. That's why you don't baptize yourself. We baptize you. And that's why you don't fill yourself. He fills you. But in both instances, we put ourselves in a place where we can be baptized. And we can be filled and that's the point that I want to underscore as we step into this new year I trust that you're up to it so in faith let's talk about some singing because by it we prepare him room to come you may not have been thinking about it while you did it a few moments ago but when you sing let us adore The everlasting God, you were preparing Him room. When you sang, shine, Jesus, shine. Fill this land with the Father's glory, you were preparing Him room. When you sang a few moments ago, we will glorify the King of kings. You were preparing Him room. For some strength, for some deliverance for some empowerment, for some joy, some peace, some patience, some gentleness, some kindness, and some self-control. And you know what? Some of you walked in here today and you really didn't think it was going to happen, but it's happening. It's happening. You walked in here empty and he's filling you. You walked in here really not sure you even wanted to be here, but now you're thinking, man, I'm really glad that I came. Except for this preaching part of it, you know, I want to get back to Raymond singing. No, that's okay, because you need to know, you need to be reminded. No, when you're singing, you're inviting him to fill me up. Fill me up. Now, I know some of you would prefer that God wouldn't use that. (laughs) Because you just don't like singing. And part of the reason is because you couldn't carry a tune if it had a handle on it, all right? I mean, we're not about to put you on a mic. The only place that we would have you sing the old rugged cross is on a hill far away. And you know that? Come on. It's why you don't like singing. And you'll confess. Listen, I don't make a a joyful song when I try. I get a joyful noise out barely. Well, can I remind you seven times in the Psalms, the great worship leader himself, Raymond's good, but not like David. The great worship leader says, you make your joyful noise to the Lord, he'll eat it up. Because he loves his stuff. He absolutely loves loves this stuff Hear the word of the Lord Psalms 96 and verse 1 sing to the Lord all the earth everybody in the auditorium at KCC sing to the Lord sing to the Lord and praise his name proclaim his salvation day after day declare his glory among the nations his marvelous deeds among the people I will give thanks to the Lord because of his righteousness I will sing the praises of the name of the Lord Most High. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. And one of my favorites, it's the one that I had you turn to, I will praise God's name in song and I will magnify Him with thanksgiving. God loves for us to sing to Him. And if I said nothing else, that ought to be enough, if you're His child. And you really believe in this story of stories that He came to take your place. And you had nothing you could have done about it unless he did. And he offered you his righteousness for your sinfulness. And then he just said, I'm not just cleaning you up. I'm filling you up. That ought to be enough just to just say, I don't care how you sound to yourself or to anybody around you. You ought to just be singing. But let me go a little bit further. God just doesn't love this stuff. He has made it a serious part of how he operates in this world. Let me show you. Do you know that battles have been fought and won without so much as a single sword or bullet being fired or being used? Scripture says this. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out ahead of the army. Wait, 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 wait. This is a battle? Yeah, yes. Israel is about to engage in a battle. And one of the key battle plans is get the singers going singing, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. And they began to sing and praise. And the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. Now, some of you just thought maybe your singing could kill somebody. I want you to understand. In the spiritual realm, it could, all right? singing touches God's heart. But it's a tool for his arsenal, never forget that. But also, I want you to understand something. He has forever tied it uniquely to his coming. When he decided to make his presence a little bit more concretely known, he has the temple built and he comes to dwell in it, but he's not about to do that without some singing. Listen, the trumpeters and the musicians joined in unison to give praise and thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets and cymbals and other instruments, the singers raised their voices in praise to the Lord and they sang, He is good and His love endures forever. And then the temple of the Lord was filled with the cloud and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord filled His temple. When God came to dwell among men, He did so with singing, but listen to me. When he came to dwell in a woman, he did so with singing. And this shall be a sign to you on that first Christmas morning. You shall find, he said to the shepherds, the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel and a multitude of heaven praising God. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace towards men. Now, that's not just a piece of history. I think it's part of God's way of saying how I come and when I come, I'd like for there to be some singing. That some way or another, they're connected uniquely. And that's just a short version of, I don't know how many scriptures I could point you to. You can't make him come. The grammar doesn't just say that, it's just the truth. You can't make him come, but however, you can prepare him room to come for him. And you have his promise that every time that you draw near to him, he will draw near to you every single time. Now, either he's a liar or that's the truth. Singing does that. But so does giving thanks. Did you notice a few moments ago that the psalmist, and again, this is why I had you underline this particular psalm, said, I will praise God's name in song and I will magnify him with thanksgiving. Sometimes I know I may appear to be a little bit haphazard, but usually there's a little bit of planning that goes into how and why we're studying what we're studying at the time. And when we began this series a couple of weeks back, remember this, where we handed out our thankful journals. It was with a purpose. It was leading up to this. Now, we did three lessons on the power of just Thanksgiving and how God feels about it. When you say, thank you, I noticed what you did over here, and it's amazing, Now, you love it when people do that with your stuff. Now, I know it was uncomfortable for Peggy to get up here. But, Peggy, there was a little bit of you that said, that felt really good. The church said, thank you. It always feels good when someone says, thank you. God loves that, too. But it's more than just the fact that he likes that. There's power in that. And you know what? I challenge you to, to, for some of you, to come join me in a 100-day journey To think of a thousand things that God has gifted us with and just write those puppies down. You ought to be on around 500 something ish uh, about now if you're keeping up with that. But I want to say this clearly the goal is not to hit some number, the goal is to get ourselves in the practice of doing something that God says if we don't, it's just not like, well, hey, no big deal. It gets His attention. Because he sees arrogance there, not just ungratefulness. And so we're trying as a church to develop some thankfulness in this, and, and here's why. Leading to this series of lessons that says, because we want to be filled in 2017 more than we ever have been with his spirit. And this is one of those participles, this is one of those ways in which we are filled, Paul writes. So please, don't worry about the numbers. Worry about the practice. And if you have, if you put it down and put it to the side, I know that there's plenty of us in here. And some of you just said, ah, that's not going to work for me. Pick that thing back up. We're halfway through. And if you get 50 of them by the end of our February the 28th date, that's where this is going to end, then you'll have made some steps probably you wouldn't have made any other way to be thankful. And God loves it. Why? Because when, when we give him thanks and when we give him praise, the psalmist says we do something that can be just kind of relegated to churches. We magnify him. Now, that's not a church word. I mean, if you're in science class, you whip out one of those little things, those little pieces of glass, and you, you put it over something, that, and it magnifies the roach you're looking at or the, the notes you're looking at or whatever it is you're doing in science class that you're looking at or your, your neighbor's eyeball. Or I mean, you stick that piece of glass up there, and it magnifies it. It makes something that's this size bigger. Than it is. Well, there's two types of magnification. There's microscopic magnification and there's telescopic. Can I explain them to you? You use a microscope to take something that's tiny, tiny, tiny. And you magnify it so you can see it. You make it bigger than it actually is. Well, God's not asking you to do that when you magnify it. He wants us to be telescopes. What you do with a telescope is, is you take something, a piece of glass, and you aim it at something that is big, but I just can't see it very well. And I magnify it so that I can. God's plenty big, all right? Those stars that are out there that look just like, you know, pin, needle, dots or something, those are really big. I mean, like, you ought to hear Louis Giglio do it with the golf ball thing. If you haven't, just go Google Google Louis Giglio and golf balls and be amazed this week at how big this universe is. And it's just a little creation of God's. This is a little creation of this huge, incredible star maker and galaxy maker and ocean maker and DNA maker and human body makers. He's huge, but you know what? You and I walk around as if he's just dinky. Am I right? You walk in here with morning, literally, so with some problems you think are bigger than God because <laughs> you're trying to handle them. You don't think he's capable. So you're just going to try to handle them yourself. How's that working for you, Dr. Phil would say. Probably not too well. And that's why God's going to try to say sometime in this service, would you let me, would you let me handle your life? I'm capable. The star maker, the ocean maker, the DNA maker, the thermodynamics maker is capable of handling you. He made you. And he wants to fill you. There's a shocker. He wants to fill you if you'll take him at his word. And that is attached to giving thanks. Because it's amazing. I've noticed as I've, I'm on like about 770. I had a jump start on you guys and as I was finishing up some of the things this week. God's been bigger to me lately. because as I magnify him, as I focus on him, as I give thanks to him, he gets bigger and everything else in my life just gets smaller. And I've been a lot better to live with lately. And so is my wife. She's neck and neck with me in this thankful thing. I don't know what y'all are doing at your house, but you need to work on this. Got some ungrateful kids, get them in the thankful journal. Hey, we need to sit down and think about what we have, not what we don't have. Preacher said so. No, God said so. And it's a way in which he comes to be in us. Now, fill, I don't care how many notebooks you want to, with thanksgiving. Uh, Fill the air with praise, all right? But without the last one submitting, just call that religion. And you know what? Most of the world rightfully calls it religion. Religion. They see us pretty much doing our own thing like they're doing their thing. It's a little different thing, but it's our thing. Am I right? No wonder we're not filled. We can come in here and sing all these songs, pass that plate, have the right people pass the plate, have the right people up here, not up here, and, and all that stuff that is attached to our religion. And miss this, why in the world do you call me Lord and don't do the things that I say? And you know what? One of the things this is he said, uh, I'd like the attention of everyone in the church who's a follower of Jesus Christ. I would like to say, be filled with the Holy Spirit. No, I'll be forgiven, but I'm not sure about that be filled thing. Why do you call me Lord? And yet you don't do what I say. I love the story of the little boy who was at a line, and his mother put him in the corner for a timeout, and he sat there for a moment, and then he said loud enough for her to hear, It may look like I'm sitting, but I am standing in my heart. Did you hear that little laugh over here? God can tell when you're submitting for all the world to see, but he can tell when you're standing in your heart. He can and he won't share your heart with another commander please hear me you shall have no other gods before me he started that long time ago you shall have no other lords before me he will not leave you he will be present but he will not listen to me lead you he does that by invitation and you know what it's an easy one to take up okay I'm in sorry sorry for me taking the wheel I know you're supposed to be the one I heard the song you're supposed to take the wheel I'm supposed to ride but I took the wheel and I'm sorry I'm sorry I tend to do that when I get a little nervous a little hurt a little worried I'm sorry and you said that if I would confess my sin you'd be righteous and just to forgive me yes I did and I will you're forgivable But come on now, let's get fillable. Let's get fillable. Let's get fillable with some peace. Let's get filled with some self-control, okay? Enough of this sin. You can get loose of this sin. How about some self-control? I'd like to fill you with some of that, all right? How about some joy? Need some joy? I'd like to fill you with some. Some gentleness? You've been a little harsh, a little bit terse lately? I'd like to fill you with some of that. I know you don't have it, but I can fill you with it. Will you do a couple of things that will prepare me some room to work in you there? Will you sing? I love that stuff. And will you give thanks? And will you submit? Why? Because my ego needs that? No. Yours does. God would say. Your ego needs that. You need to realize I'm the big one. You're the small one. I'm the Lord. You're the servant. I'm the daddy. You're the child let me do what daddies do there's a lot more I could say about being filled with the Spirit but I'm not because we have an incredible teacher right now because of our elders request on Sunday mornings are is actually leading an entire study on how to be filled with the Spirit so your elders think that's pretty significant so every Two and a half years, we make sure that course is offered again. Who is this Holy Spirit? Where did He come from? What does He do? How do we get filled with Him? That's going on right now. And you're about, you got two-thirds of the, the classes left. I mean, we've had Christmas and we've had great missionaries in. So Don hasn't been able to teach much of his class. Get in it next Sunday. If you're serious and you really don't know much about what this feeling is, I've only touched on three things. There's others. Ways in which are on ramps for the Spirit to come into your life in a more powerful way. Come to Don's class. But I want to end with this. I realize there's some mommies in here, especially the last two sermons that I've opened up with, that I've used maybe what you might call potty humor. It's had a purpose. First week on New Year's Day, if you didn't hear the joke, it's kind of funny. But it's potty humor. I'm not going to tell the joke again, but it involves a Scotsman and a naive guy in the field who's drinking from a pool, and it's a pool where cows relieve themselves, you know, and you'll have to hear the sermon. I'm not going to tell the joke again, but it's potty humor. The guy shouldn't be drinking what he's drinking. And then this morning, I opened up with a little girl. She's naive, and the daddy's naive, but, you know, it's potty humor. He shouldn't have been drinking either. It's where humans relieve themselves is where that water was coming from. It matters what you drink. Be aware of the source, okay? Be aware of the source. What are you drinking lately? What are you drinking a lot of lately? Oh, he's getting real now. Yeah, I'm getting real. I'm telling you, what have you been indulging in, saturating, standing under the Niagara Falls of lately? Is, you bring, is it bringing you the life that you thought it would? Is it bringing you the peace and the joy and the gentleness and the faithfulness that you could have if you decided to choose to get drunk on His Holy Spirit? He is going to ask some of you right now through Psalm. Will today be the day you rose up and said, count me in. Now, if that's the first time for some of you here and you've never made the decision to become a a disciple of Christ, we will help you today be forgiven and begin to be filled. But it's a process. And if you're here and you're my brother and sister and you realize you've interrupted that process because you decided to take over that wheel instead of him, and there hasn't been any thanksgiving much in your life. There certainly hasn't been any singing because there's barely been any submitting. You can change that. You can start drinking from a different fountain, all right? And we're going to have some elders up here who'll help lead you to him, the living water. Well, wow, what a coincidence of that metaphor, huh? And we'll invite you to come drink with us. But as we sing, listen to the words you're about to sing, both this invitation song and the closing song. Church, let's stand. Let's praise the Almighty God.